Let us turn in God's Word this evening to Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy Let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation, without pretense. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, and honoring preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another, Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Thus far we read God's holy and inspired word. May God add His blessing upon the reading of His holy scriptures. 
The text that we consider this evening is the first two verses of this chapter. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is significance in the word, therefore. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Therefore, connects two thoughts together. Choose to transition from a previous thought that the Apostle was teaching the Romans as he now transitions into a, a different thought. You know from having just read this chapter that this 12th chapter is a lot of application. It's instruction about how to live with your neighbor. It's instruction about how to live with even your enemies, those who hurt you. Bless them, he says. It's instruction about how to live in trials patient in tribulations. So that's where he's moving toward as he's making application to the day-to-day living of God's people. But where's he coming from? What did he establish in the first 11 chapters of this book? Is it not that he's established in the first part of this book the fact that salvation is entirely of God through Jesus Christ, His Son? Think of Romans 4. The concluding verses of that chapter. Romans 4, verse 24. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. 5 verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Throughout these first 11 chapters, the Apostle, under the inspiration of the Spirit, has been developing the doctrines of sin, the doctrines of salvation, the doctrines of God's eternal decrees of election and reprobation. But now having concluded his section where he's developing the doctrines of man and our depravity and salvation from those sins, Paul transitions into the next section by saying, Therefore, I beseech you, 
Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. And this reveals unto us that we must never be content simply with knowing, having an intellectual understanding of the doctrines of sin, of grace, of salvation, and of God's decrees. We certainly must seek to understand that. We study the Word and we pray for understanding of these doctrines, but we must not be content simply having an intellectual understanding. If that was the case, the book of Romans would end after the 11th chapter. But he goes on, therefore, Because this is true. Because you are justified by faith, saved with the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Now there comes this calling. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Let's consider this text this evening under the theme, Presenting a Living Sacrifice. First, we'll consider what is the meaning of this. Second, what is the manner in which we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And then third, what is the motivation for doing that. The main command that the Apostle gives us here is, we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. To present one's body as a living sacrifice is a thought that can make one shudder when they consider what this is going to require of them. God calls me to present my body as a sacrifice. Children, you know what the idea of a sacrifice is. That's Old Testament language. The priests were the one who would be busy with sacrifices. The Israelites would take their sheep, the lamb, That lamb without any blemish, wasn't allowed to have any broken bones, unspotted. And they would take that lamb and present that lamb unto the priest. And what would the priest do with that spotless lamb, innocent? He would take the lamb and he would kill it so that the blood of that lamb would drip from it and its life would be ended. Now who wants to present themselves as a living sacrifice 
unto God. By nature, not a single one of us would want to do that. It includes death, does it not? That's the whole idea of sacrifice. It's dying. We could explain it this way, that to present one's body a living sacrifice is to die to the carnal desires of the flesh. But because our flesh clings so tightly to these carnal lusts, because we are attached to them, because by nature we covet them and yearn for them and our minds can become consumed with thoughts of them that to put those thoughts and those desires and those lusts away from us is akin to dying. And that's why the Apostle describes it the way he does. He calls it a sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. It's not just saying no to the evil and sinful desires of the flesh. He goes on here and speaks as well of the positive aspect. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. You see, there's movement here. There's movement away from that which is base and evil, and there is movement unto God. That's the counterpart of presenting one's body a sacrifice. It's not just saying no to the sinful desires of the flesh, but it's also saying yes unto the things of God's kingdom. How necessary it is that we do live a life of obedience unto God. Of saying yes to the things that He requires of us. You see, if all that we do as Christians is believe that the Christian life is about saying no, no to this temptation, no to that, and no to that temptation, then all the devil has to do is come with a different temptation to us and we will give in to that temptation. But the Christian life is more than just saying no to that which is evil, but the Christian life is also about saying yes to that which God requires of us. It's about presenting ourselves as being holy and acceptable unto God. God has every right to require this of us. Some might cry it's unfair. Why does God have the right to tell me that I have to present myself a living sacrifice unto Him? He has the right because He's our Creator God. And the clay say to the potter, why did you make me this way? 
can we who are creatures of the dust object to God who has shaped us fearfully and wonderfully made we are, who has redeemed us, who has restored within us the image of Jesus Christ, can we now say unto God, no, you don't have the right to demand this of me. By virtue of the fact that He has created and redeemed us, God has every right to tell us, present your bodies a living sacrifice. We do well to note that this sacrifice that God requires of us is not a payment for sin. We spoke earlier of the Old Testament habit or Old Testament tradition of presenting a lamb and offering that lamb up, and that lamb would be offered up for the sins of the people. But this sacrifice is not one that is offered up as any form of payment unto God. We mustn't imagine that God is angry with us, that God is ready to cast us off and destroy us, but in one last desperate effort to please God, we present ourselves as a living sacrifice unto God, and hopefully God will be pleased with my efforts this time and receive me into the good graces and the good favor of God. This is not a sacrifice that makes payment for sin. You know there's, there's proof right in this verse that it's not payment for sin and that it cannot be payment for sin. You know what that proof is? It's the word living. Present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. The only sacrifice that would be acceptable on God's sight for covering the sins of His people is a dead sacrifice. The death of His only begotten Son. But the fact that God calls us to present here a living sacrifice indicates that this is not a sacrifice that we give to God in an effort to satisfy His justice. But this is a sacrifice that we present to God in thanksgiving to Him for the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. This text is a text that teaches us about sanctification. Let's look more closely at some of the specifics here of what this means that we are to present ourselves a living sacrifice. Notice with me that we are to present our bodies. Beseech you, brethren, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. He does not say the soul. He does not say, I beseech you, brethren, that you, that you present your souls or your minds a living sacrifice, but your body. 
place. We must be on guard against the mindset that all that matters is the soul. And as long as I take care of my soul and tend to my soul, then then it matters not what I do with my body. I must be on guard against the mentality that as long as I am reading God's Word, and as long as I am going to God's house on Sunday, then it doesn't matter what I eat or what I drink. It doesn't matter how much sleep I get or not. It doesn't matter how much alcohol I consume or not. As long as I'm taking care of and watching over my soul, then I can do whatever I please with my body. That's not God's Word. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. This commandment pertains to our eyes, our ears, our hands, and our feet. What music is going into our ears? What are our eyes watching? Where do our feet walk? In places, two places where we know that we will be tempted? Or is there movement from that which is evil unto Jehovah God? Notice then with me as well to whom this command is given. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Command is given to you, brethren. The Apostle Paul is not here doing the work of evangelism. He's not going out to the street corner to those who are unchurched, to those who have never heard of the Gospel but He is instead speaking to those who are part of the church of Jesus Christ, to you who are the brethren, to those who have been incorporated into the fellowship of the body of Jesus Christ. You, brethren, I call you to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Yes, it is true that as members of the church we have been justified. Yes, it is true that as members of the church we've been given the Spirit of Jesus Christ who causes our hearts to swell with the hope of life everlasting, but that does not take away the authority of the command of God Himself who calls the brethren to present their bodies a living sacrifice unto God. You are to do this. You as individual members are called to do this. This is not a group decision. This is an individual commitment. And then, with regard to the meaning of this, notice how difficult and how hard this is going to be for us. The Apostle does not say that you can present yourself to the party, present yourself to the enjoyment 
of the things of this earth. But he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. You've been justified. Now go present yourself a living sacrifice every single day. This is the characteristic of the people of God. That they say no to the desires of the flesh. And they say yes to the requirements of God and His Word. What then is the manner in which we are to keep this commandment? The manner is described for us in verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Two different sides, as it were, of the same coin that the Apostle Paul teaches about the manner not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed. First, there's a strong negative prohibition. And then there is positively the calling to be transformed by the renewing of one's mind. We start with the negative, the prohibition. Be not conformed to this world. The word word that is translated there as world means literally age. It refers to the spirit or the mindset of the age in which we live. It refers in this present day and age to the anti-Christian spirit that prevails in this world. It refers to the wickedness and the evil inclinations of man's heart. Truly, we do live in an evil age, not unlike the days of Noah. There is Sabbath desecration, and they're open in their Sabbath desecration. They cease to care. It used to be that in conservative communities there is a sense of shame about breaking the Sabbath. Now they don't care. They openly violate the Sabbath. There's fornication. Again, it used to be that there is a sense of shame when a young man and a young woman would live together in the same home before marriage. Now the world has openly endorsed it. It used to be that there was prevailing in society a sense of modesty in dress. That's gone. Scantily clad women. All you have to do is go on the internet without even looking for it. It's the age in which we live. It used to be that society had no place for those who had same-sex inclinations. Now our society praises them. Not only is there worldliness around us, but there's pressure. 
There's immense pressure that is felt by the people of God, especially the young people, to give in to the spirit of the age in which we live. The world does everything in its power to put temptations right in the pathway of the young people and the young adults so that if it were possible, they could snatch the very children of Jesus Christ from out of the church. Through their advertising, through television and movies, through social media, through peer pressure that is felt from ungodly people in one's life, there is unbelievable pressure that is put upon young people and young adults to prove to the world that they can keep up with them in the activities of the world. Be not conformed. To be conformed is to be molded or shaped in the same way as the world. The Apostle Paul here calls us to do the exact opposite. Not to be shaped or molded in their mindset and their mentality and seek in the base entertainments and lusts of the flesh. But to do the opposite of it. Might illustrate it with the idea of a river that is flowing down the side of a mountain, making its way out to the ocean. And that river represents the world and the advance of worldliness as that river cascades more and more rapidly down the side of the mountain. In that river going down the mountain, there is a boat. And that boat represents the church. And God does not call the members of the church in that boat simply to stick an oar out to the side in an attempt to slow down their progress as they go with the world. But God calls the members of the church to be going the exact opposite direction. Go upstream against the current of worldliness. Be not conformed to this world. And then the positive aspect, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed. The Greek word is the basis for the English word metamorphosis. Think of the caterpillar. Homely. But then it goes through the stages of metamorphosis and comes out and it's a beautiful butterfly. That's the idea here of what is to happen in us as the children of God. Be ye transformed. Of ourselves we are like that caterpillar Rather homely. Indeed, we're worse than homely. We're base. 
Paul in Ephesians says that we're wrinkled, we're spotted, we're undesirable because of our sinfulness. But the calling of God is to be transformed, be changed in such a way that we are beautiful. And who is beautiful but God? We worship God in the beauty of holiness. And so to be transformed from that which is base means that we are to become more Christ-like. There's the standard for beauty. Jesus Christ. Let not the world tell you what the standard is for beauty. But let Jesus teach you in His Word what it is to be beautiful. You do this by the renewing of your mind, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. This shows that this is not merely an outward change that happens within us. Although earlier the emphasis is on the body, the physical body, present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. The Apostle Paul is not merely interested in what we do physically with our bodies, but he's interested as well in what we do with our hearts and our minds, what it is that our souls desire. By the renewing of your mind. This shows here that we depend upon the Spirit of Jesus Christ to perform this work within us. For of ourselves, we cannot renew our minds. The renewal of the mind is a reference here to the work of regeneration. Jesus Christ is the one who gives to us a new mind. And He does so by His Holy Spirit. Even as we heard this morning, the Spirit of Jesus Christ poured out upon the members of the church. And He gives unto us His children a new mind which seeks the things of the kingdom of heaven. It is by then the exercising of that new mind that the Christian is transformed from that which is spiritually ugly to that which is spiritually beautiful. The motivation for doing this is threefold. Three things the Apostle gives to encourage us to present our bodies as this living sacrifice. First motivation, because in doing this, we come to know the goodness of God's will for us. Verse 2, the second half, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That we are proving the will of God here does not mean that we question the goodness of God's will. It doesn't mean that we are uncertain as to whether God's will is good or God's will is evil, and we have to prove it, put it under some sort of an examination test to see if it's good or if it's 
evil. That's not the idea here of proving what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Rather, proving means this, that we set our mind to learn and to discover what is God's will for us in the Scriptures. We set our hearts upon knowing what is the will of God as He makes that will known to us in His inspired Word. So the Apostle Paul encourages us here, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Why? That you may prove, that you may demonstrate what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is the inevitable result of living one's life as a sacrifice unto God. The Christian who offers himself unto the Lord comes more and more to know that the will of God always is good and pleasing and perfect. The second motivation that the Apostle gives us for obeying the command of this text It's the mercy of the Lord. Verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And here you see the pastoral wisdom of the Apostle Paul as he sought to compel the people of God to a life of devotion to Jehovah. The Apostle Paul did not come to them, as it were, with a whip over their heads. The Apostle Paul did not try to use scare tactics in motivating them He did not speak with anger, but he came appealing to the mercy of God. Brethren, because God is merciful, because God looks down upon you and has compassion in His heart for you, because in God's mercy He sent His Son to die for you. Present yourselves in living sacrifice to Jehovah. And then the third motivation that the Apostle Paul gives us. Why why are we to obey this text? Because according to the conclusion of verse 1, this is how we worship God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And that phrase, reasonable service, could otherwise be translated, this is your spiritual worship. This is how you worship God. By denying the desires of the flesh and by presenting yourself unto God holy and acceptable in His sight. 
God is not concerned merely about what you do on the Sabbath day. Worship of Jehovah is not limited to one day of the week that God has set apart. But worship of Jehovah God is something that we do every day of the week. Present your bodies unto Jehovah, for this is your reasonable service. This is your spiritual worship. And as you worship God by living a holy life, a life of sanctification, a life of purity, and you will obtain witness that you are righteous. Hebrews 11, by faith, evil offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. We do this, beloved, in gratitude unto God for what he has done for us. We do this, for this is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, how far short we fall of the mark which Thou hast set for us. Wilt Thou strengthen us day by day that we might be courageous, that we might present our bodies as a living sacrifice unto Thee. Guard us, Father, from the pressure of this world. May we be transformed into the image of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, whom we worship and in whose name we pray. Amen.